Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I am your host, Ken Seymour, with your other fantastic host, Richard Geiger. Woo, woo, woo. Coming to us from uh, from uh, our temporary studios uh, as we prepare our new studio. i uh, got to say I'm excited. When it gets finished, I cannot wait to show everybody how good it looks or how good I imagine that it will look. Anyway. Well... I mean, you're you're putting them up quickly and arranging things. There's a there's a tinge of venom in your blood for getting that thing up, and you're going quick like a panther. <laughs> he he's trying to make those connections. I'm going to give him half a point uh, for effort and uh, twenty points for flair. Uh, if you could not tell, we will be talking just a little bit about the history of comic book movies, specifically the year 2018. We're coming into the modern day, uh, modern-ish day, uh, <laughs> within a three-year time span, you know. Let's say for our podcast, the modern day. Definitely. When you start in the late uh, 1800s, <laughs> it can sometimes uh, feel like a very very long process to get to the to get to the point that we're in now 2018 was a, a fairly impressive year in terms of comic book films um n- not as many as some years have had but some really big titles uh, we were talking a little bit about this before we began recording it's a, a lot of really solid stuff but i think we're going to be able to get through all of the films in a single episode rather than having to chop this in two yeah we usually do six or seven and two of those are ones that neither one of us have seen right and this year is short on quantity but tall on quality definitely so now for those of you that don't remember when we talk about comic book movies we're talking about films based upon comic books they must have started as a comic book or at the very least not been a television show or movie or radio broadcast before becoming a comic book so it could have been a novel or or i guess a pictogram on a wall technically but so long as it was a comic before it was a film or a uh, television show that is what we're talking about in this particular instance Uh, So let's just kind of jump into it, get right into it. We're going to start, as we often do, just as we mentioned, with a film that neither of us saw. (laughs) Neither of us have seen this. However, when briefly glancing over the cast, the cast is pretty solid, actually. Yeah, it looks like it might be pretty decent. Now, the film we're talking about is called Accident Man. came out in 2018. This particular film was based upon a uh, comic of the same name that was released in 1991. Uh, It's basically uh, uh, something that I've never seen. I usually at least have some frame of reference, but this is one I'm completely uh, unfamiliar with. But uh, the artist was Pat Mills. The writer was Tony Skinner. It looked like it was kind of interesting-ish, you know, talking about a hitman that... uh, yeah, anytime you got a hitman in a film, I get a little interested. I mean, in Bruges was uh, pretty interesting. That had several hitmen in it. <laughs> uh, yes, it did. <laughs> I've got nothing for this, really. Um, the the director I've not heard of before, uh, Jesse V. Johnson, doesn't mean anything. Uh, got quite a number of directorial 
turns that the that he's done a lot of stunt work uh, so obviously somebody that's been involved in the nitty-gritty of putting a film together but i do not recognize <laughs> any of these titles you mean you don't know what pit fighter was no i am not familiar with that one or the beautiful ones not off the top of my head uh maybe with some nope that didn't help <laughs> wait what the package the... <laughs> uh... okay so it's it's not an Dolph Lundgren though and Steve Austin in the same film that's worth a watch on its own wow holy cow so he's king of the B movies got it <laughs> straight to DVD yeah I'm, I'm good with that I think that's What's that, the debt collector? The debt collector. Oh, look right. at that one. We got because that got, one sounds familiar. Yeah, it's got the same actor that's in the film we're talking about, Accident Man, uh, mm. Scott Adkins. He he did two movies in the same year with that guy. Wow. Yeah, uh, Tony Todd. That's a that's a good name. Uh, he's a solid actor. Um, I don't recognize anybody else. <laughs> okay, yeah, so Jesse V. Johnson. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, so that's who's uh, who's uh, at the helm of this particular film. But like you are saying, it's got some big names. I mean, Ray Park, I love anything anything that he touches, at least his part of it. He's always great. So I feel like Scott Adkins has been in a few comic book movies in general. Maybe, obviously not a main character. He's had bits and pieces of maybe behind the scene parts or maybe i'm just thinking of him from all his kind of behind the scenes action stuff maybe yeah there's a doctor strange in there yeah there's there's uh he's he's been here and there uh now he i think he was the uh the follower of caecilius that got sucked into the door when all the gravity went wonky Mm. and i think that was who he was but uh yeah, X-Men Origins, he was, yeah, I don't remember that. Weapon 11, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure. So he's been in quite a few things, and you're right, he is clearly quite the uh, action uh, actor. Uh, got a good look to him. <laughs> don't know him real well. Striking young man. Uh, but Michael J. White. Uh, he's awesome in everything that I've seen him he's in. He's beefy. Um, I really love David Paymer. Uh, he's a funny gentleman. Uh, of course, every time I see him, I immediately go back to City Slickers, but he's been in a ton of stuff. A ton of stuff. Ray Stevenson. Right. Uh, the Punisher. Right. I mean, so it's, it's this has got a, a heck of an interesting cast to it. I mean... That on its own seems like it's uh, enough of a reason to take a look and see what this is all about. And it's the only film in 2018 that based on a comic that I haven't seen. The end. The end. <laughs> but let's move on to something that we both have seen. In fact, it's something we've both reviewed. We're going to move from an independent comic into a little bit of DC Fair. In fact, the only DC film uh, released in 2018. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Aquaman. Yes, yeah, so Aquaman. I feel like we gave it some decent reviews. Yeah, but it wasn't bad. What I can imagine the thought process is on this movie is that 
people really loved this movie because it was colorful and you know funny and actiony and stuff. But if I remember right, we we're both like, it's better than the other DC ones, and, and that's not saying a whole lot. But I feel like I feel like that movie got more acceptance than may and 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 than maybe than what it deserved. I'd say that's pretty fair. I mean, when we were talking about a lot of what carried it was just the fact that Jason Momoa has a great deal of charisma and I've liked him ever since I watched him in Stargate Atlantis and he's just he's just really solid. So even if you put uh, a story that say, I don't know, isn't completely developed and has a lot of coincidence and if you think about it uh, you know, a lot of films, if you think about it too much, it's like you're going to see holes. If you think about this at all, you're going to see a lot of holes. Um, but, you know, the action sequences were fun. The casting was good. The, mm-hmm. the uh, CGI was solid. You know, it, it was a fun film. Not one I'm going to watch over and over again or again at all. But Yeah, I, I think with this one, one of the highlights in a certain sense, not the actor that portrayed Black Manta, but the actual design and what we saw on screen was actually pretty solid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good design. And that character obviously has like a weird look to it, a cool look in the comic books, but in real life, it's hard to make it translate and I thought it looked pretty good. I feel like that that during the design of that character, they go, okay, we want to have a bad guy. What if his head was an M&M sideways? (laughs) Go on. (laughs) He does need to shoot uh, beams out of his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he needs big bug eyes. Okay, got it, got it. Let's go. It's going to be awesome, man. And he has scuba gear. Well, okay. Weird, but okay. (laughs) So the director, James Wan, he's been around for a while. He's had some really big, uh, he's had some really big films. Um, Saw, obviously, was a a huge, a huge one. The Conjuring, uh, Furious 7. I mean, he's done quite a number of big tent films. Side question. Furious 7. How many of those awful movies have you seen? I've seen half of the first one. Ooh, okay. That's more than what I've seen. <laughs> it was just, this is this is really bad. Click. <laughs> yes, and for some reason they just keep going. Well, you know, it's got cars and attractive people doing ridiculous things. That's always going to be popular. Mm. Uh, well, the good thing about uh, James Wan is it appears that he is currently directing the sequel to this movie. Yeah. So a lot of the similarities that we see in the action and the storylines hopefully will continue on, but better. Hopefully. In the second one. We'll, we'll, we'll look forward to it. But again, uh, the, the cast on this has uh, a lot of you know big names. Uh, Patrick Wilson, not his first tour in a comic book film. Uh, his 
first time in more of a mainstream comic book film. Uh, Watchmen was Mm -hmm. not exactly something that everybody knew about. I mean, you did if you were a comic fan, but otherwise not so much. Uh, Willem Dafoe was just fantastic in so many movies. And, of course, Great Green Goblin in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. Um, we should we, be seeing, seeing him again as Green Goblin. Right. I'm look, looking forward to that. Uh, we were just talking about Dolph Lundgren uh, showing up in that, although he was in it for a hot second. <laughs> yes. But uh, So tell me, who uh, was the actor playing uh, Manta? Uh, that would be Yaya. I am not going for that last <laughs> name. Uh, Abdul Mateen, I believe, is the, the way it's pronounced, but I'm not 100% sure. I'm fairly certain his first name is Yaya. That's, yeah, that sounds good. That's the only way that that, that set of letters could possibly <laughs> come out of Yes. I hope. I really hope. <laughs> yes, he... Uh, not the highlight of this movie, I would say, in terms of... That. No, I mean, he did fine with what he was given. Yeah. I mean, I see a super upside on him i think he's he's got some talent yeah because the manta character needs to come back strong definitely so uh you but know graham mctavish man king atlan yeah I, I point at that name and it's not, it's got nothing come on he was in the hobbit movies as one of the doors he well, he's been a bunch of other stuff too but never mind is this jim morrison oh, man. <laughs> see the highlight to me is tamara morrison Oh, yeah. Um, of course, if you're a Star Wars fan, you'll recognize him. And you'll recognize him soon in the book of Boba Fett. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. But all in all, we don't have to spend too much time on this film. It came out. It was okay, which was better than most of the other DC properties at the time. And uh, if we forgot to mention anybody that was interesting, that was probably on purpose. <laughs> And we'll move on. <laughs> well, we're not going to talk about certain people because we avoid controversy uh, <laughs> as much as we can. I mean, the character is important. The character is absolutely important, but uh, I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, so let's go from something that was better than I expected it would be uh, and surpassed many of its contemporaries of the same ilk to a film that greatly disappointed both of us. <laughs> but unfortunately, made a lot of money. Right. So they were like, yes, success. Now let's do more. Yeah, we are, of course, talking about Venom, um, which has already had a sequel by the time we record this uh, in the month of December in the year of 2021. Um, Ruben Fleischer is the... Uh, <laughs> is the director on this and i do like some other stuff that he's done just uh didn't like didn't like this one very much well he uh he didn't he didn't make make it into the director's chair for the second one yeah what did he not make it or did he decide he didn't want it Mm, that's a good question yeah i would really like to know that if that was one of those things so they go yeah we're, we're going to try something different. Or it's like, yeah, I, I heard the reactions. I'm getting away while I can. <laughs> but Zombieland, Double Tap, and Zombieland, of course, the original, fantastic films. Fun. And uh, he's had uh, a number of other television directorial things. There's a short he directed. 
Yeah, I'm not going to talk about that either. Like I said, we avoid those uh, topics that we can that could potentially get us in trouble. Uh, but uh, yeah, solid, uh, solid director generally. I would, I would say. Yeah, did uh, there was movies and TV in there, so a little bit of everything. Yeah, and uh, the casting was interesting. Fine. Yeah. I mean, Tom it, Hardy. I like Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's fine. Is that? Is he Eddie Brock though? I wouldn't. I wouldn't have pegged him as Eddie Brock. I, it's not the Eddie Brock that I think of. Let me put it that way. Yeah, but he's a face. Yeah. He's popular, and he did fine. Yeah, yeah it, he was all it, right. I don't know. Whatever. Michelle Williams did good as Anne Wayne. Um, I generally like her in most things that she's in. Uh, seeing. Jenny Slate for the half a second that she was in it. I like Jenny Slate. Mm-hmm. Um, She's fun. Woody Woody Harrelson. Uh, we've talked about that already. We'll skip past that. Yeah. Now you've seen uh, the sequel. Yes, I have. So you can speak a little bit more to that than I can, although we're not discussing the sequel, but right. there is a sequel. It's already been out. It's already been in theaters. Um, and a lot of these folks, these faces have returned for the sequel. Right. So they play important, you know, characters in a certain sense. In yeah. Him. Peggy Lou comes back as Mrs. Chen, uh, has a little more screen time, some more interesting stuff to do. Uh, obviously, Woody Harrelson is in about half a second of this movie. And it's the the sequel that he gets in to to be quite a bit more. It's um, yeah. This 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 film was a steaming pile. <laughs> if it wasn't Venom, if it wasn't actually saying that it was Venom and wasn't trying to be Venom, like make the suit look different, and it's just some alien thing that attached to a dude and had nothing to do with comics, I would have been okay. I think. You're right. So they try to put it in a in in a world that they're trying to create. Sony is trying to create um, with hints of other parts of things going on. You know, there's a little snippet. There's like a post credit scene that says, "Hey, we're developing a little bit of world of our own because we like money." And it doesn't mean that they're going to do good work. It just means they like money. And you're right. The suit is um, it's black. The eyes are white. <laughs> Um, now from a CGI standpoint, the presentation of that character and it, you know, shooting limbs out and biting heads off and doing all that type of stuff and the squiggly crazy tongue. Okay. You know, that's, that's good. That, that was fine. Definitely better than Spider-Man three. Oh yeah. I would say. So, um, it's the right direction. It's just, Stories. It's just disappointing. It's disappointing. Yeah. I guess that's probably why I should say it's not so much that it was a, it was a pile. It was just there's so much potential with the character, and it just gets squandered over and over again, and that's that's what hurts. Thanks, Sony, trying to ruin Spider-Man. Yeah. Now you're. Uh, we'll see. So they're developing a world. There's a. There is a one minute, what, two minute maybe uh, scene sequence that you can watch for Morbius. Right. Um, that looks pretty good. That does look pretty good. So who knows? Maybe this is just the testing, the 
the poop at the end of the trail. (laughs) (laughs) Beginning of the, I don't know. I don't know. They can't all be to everyone's taste. And I try and keep reminding myself that it's just, it might not actually be bad. It just may be that I don't like it. I don't think that's what it is, (laughs) but uh, you know, it could be, but whatever I made sad by something like that, I always remember that there are things that can really just pick me up. So I go immediately to the never ending source of positivity. That is social media. Hey there, Pudding People. Don't forget to check us out on our social media accounts so you can keep apprised of everything that we do any time of the day. Richard, you're most on Instagram, right? On the Gram Gram, yes. And what are we best known on Instagram as? Pudding Guys. Easy enough. In fact, that's also what we're known as on Facebook. Now, I'd say we're on Instagram just a little more than we are on Facebook. You might get the occasional update there. We are most active on Twitter, where we are at Real Pudding Guys. Uh, we will give you updates about the next episode that's going to be coming at the end of the week, when it's released, any other little updates to the Ultimate Comic Movie Database or the Pop Culture Death Counts will also be there. Um, now, our most exciting changes are going to be coming up soon. We're going to have a new website called Fate the film and television engine. We're getting close to doing the beta for that. We're still working on the alpha side. We'll be doing a little closed beta and inviting a handful of people into this. I tell you what, it's gonna be really, really cool when it releases. Now you'll be able to also hear about that on our Patreon page. What are we on Patreon, Richard? Budding guys. Pretty easy. Now, right now, it's very easy to support us. How much does it cost, Richard? It's $1 per month. Per month. Not per day. Per month. <laughs> yes. $12 <laughs> for a year. Yeah. Uh, that's really not much to help support us as we release new content, as we get better equipment to release the content into. And when the Fate engine comes out, it will have its own cost, and we're going to make it very affordable for everyone to be involved with this. And it's going to be so cool. I can't wait for you all to hear about it. I feel better. Do you feel better, Richard? When you talk about positivity, I feel better already. <laughs> uh, now that we're done with, uh, with that little piece, let's go to something that uh, uh, actually made us both smile. I know we enjoyed the next film. Yes. Um, we've kind of picked our way a little bit through some of the lower hanging fruit. Now we're getting to the stuff that uh, you bite into it. It's juicy and delicious. Indeed. So we've got Deadpool uh, Part 2. That's uh, That film, I was. I have to admit, I was a little concerned about when it was coming out because the first one was so good and so many times it's hard to live up to just the the home run when you get i mean it's a lot a lot of a lot of companies and directors and casts you know they get a good film and then you make another good film but when you make a great film it's hard to maintain or go up from there you just kind of you get that fear that it'll well, I, I think part of that is you error in this stuff was successful in the first one, so let's do the same stuff. Or you this was successful, 
let's ignore all that and do more different stuff. And I think this one brought a good balance of, you know, things that they presented well in the first, but presenting more things that were different in the second, you know, so like a good balance. Yeah, they, they kept the, the, the beats that were going to be popular. They developed stuff. They surprisingly have some pretty decent character growth and some good character development in it. Uh, the director on this has uh, got quite a interesting resume now i'm very curious anytime you go on uh imdb and you see something where this person did this and it's uncredited it's strange to have it be uncredited and specifically for john wick i wonder how you how you're an uncredited director <laughs> that is confusing so he was well, he was um he was a producer so he was credited as a producer so whoever did he step behind the camera and it was like a team effort for a direction or was it he was the one that actually directed it so if you remember um tombstone right right the story about that one's pretty common whoever the director was whoever got the credits for directing really didn't direct a large portion of that movie it was actually kurt russell that directed a large portion of that movie after a what there was a falling out somewhere in between and the director left and Kurt Russell kind of took over. So was this the same thing? I don't know. It's hard to say, but uh, I would, I would love to know a little more about that, but he, he's, this isn't the the only comic thing that he's done. He was directing uh, atomic blonde in 2017. Um, So, I mean, I really liked that film. That was a fun, that was a fun film. So he's, 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 He's batting a thousand for me. Uh, the only Fast and Furious property I have any interest in seeing, I still haven't seen it yet. <laughs> he directed. <laughs> yeah. So the the problem with that one, and we're referring to Hobbs and Shaw, is one that it is a Fast and Furious property, so it's going to be bogged down by stupid stuff. And The Rock is great. But have we really seen, like, The Rock does so many things. But have we, has he done a thing that's just like, hmm, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Walking tall. But that was like 20 years ago. You didn't, you didn't give a time frame. You just said, did he do something? And I said, yes. What have you done for me lately? (laughs) Ooh, 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 yeah. So I, I feel like he's so popular, he's got gazillion followers he does all these things he could do no wrong but he also can do no right i i i feel like there's so many things that he does that they're okay but they're not great like the jumanji movies like those those honestly entertaining those aren't bad i've seen those those aren't bad i i think we'll say something completely different here in 2022 Hopefully. I really hope so. And neither one of us have watched Red Notice yet. No, I've been intending to kind of sort of think about maybe putting that on the list. But I like the actors in it. But I got a lot. I got a lot on my plate. I don't know if I'm going to quite get to that. Yeah. Skyscraper. Rampage. Baywatch. Baywatch. Uh, Moana was fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, Central Intelligence was, you know, it was funny. He did Hercules. San Andreas. Comic film. 
Uh, yeah. Pain and Gain was good. Yeah, it was okay. Although, admittedly, um, it's not exactly the deepest film ever made, but it was fun. <laughs> yes, so... Yeah, Dwayne the Rock Johnson in 2022. Yeah, but back to things that we're actually talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I I digress. (laughs) Uh, Deadpool 2, uh, returning cast. uh, Even if, even if we didn't get a lot of Marina Baccarin in it, um, I love her in everything. She's, uh, I've liked, uh, I've liked her since Serenity. So I've just kind of kept an eye on anything that she That's right. Did. She had long hair in that. So used or to see Firefly, her. technically. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, she that, was in V. Yes, she was. Oh, I forgot uh, the newer version. The newer one. Right. Yes. Forgot about that. I never ended up watching that. Um, Josh Brolin, always great. Um, it's hard not to like him and things. Um, Question: When you watch this movie again. Do you, is it hard to see him talk with his face and not picture Thanos? See, now when you said that it's hard to see him talk with his face, I thought you said, does he have a sock puppet <laughs> that he brings up to talk with? No, I do not, because the CGI is, the coloration difference is enough to, to separate it for me. Um, but, yeah, uh, Karan Sony as Dopinder, God, that guy has... He, I don't know what it is. I just really like him. Yes, his character is great. His character is great, and he does such a great job with it. Um, and Brianna Hildebrand is hilarious. Uh, deadpan. Um, yeah, it's just the whole the whole group is great. And I've interrupted you a couple times, but Zazie Beats oh, yeah. uh, played a great Domino. Yeah, um, she did. And the other thing that I think is pretty. I don't know. I think it's pretty hilarious in a super sense that that they super sense because they got a super group, right? Yeah. And then they just killed them all off. (laughs) Hilarious, right? (laughs) So awesome. So the talk was, okay, this could be X. Like, this could be talking X-Force and (laughs) just straight killed them all off. Um, Which was, okay, so of all those ones that they killed off, we kind of talked about this. We were kind of sad that they had... Shatterstar in right. there, and then they get rid of them so quick. I mean, it was an entertaining way to go, but that that would have been fun to see have happen. Yeah, I just the rest of them that's fine. None of the rest of those characters <laughs> I cared about whatsoever. But uh, you know, the the actors, the names that they got to play them, and just the cameos in the film, it's so funny. Um. I know when this film came out originally, it got a little bit of um, it got a little bit of guff because you know, kind of talking about uh, 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 Marina not being in very much of it, she ends up being kind of the focus because she dies early in the film. Oh, spoiler alert! Sorry. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you haven't seen it by now, what are you doing? Exactly, but. Uh, so, you know, there there's a segment of people that uh, uh, believe very uh, very strongly that there's this this trend of, uh, I think they call it the, the girlfriend in the refrigerator uh, after a, a Green Lantern thing in a comic where uh, in order to have motivation, the hero has to have his love interest 
uh, murdered or beaten or some awful thing happened to them. And I've, and and that kind of in, in, irks me a bit because it's not, it's not entirely accurate. It's, it's one of those things where the, <clears throat> where the, uh, where the uh, criticism is, is like correct adjacent, but not entirely correct. So they see some of the things and just, just miss it where the problem actually is. And, and what it is, is the vast majority of heroes, whatever their significant other is, whether it's a girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, brother, sister, whatever, they're going to get hurt. The issue is just that in comics, there's a lot more male heroes. So you just end up seeing it more often. So it's, so the issue isn't that that it's it's skewed and that it, you just need more even number of heroes. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it's the significant other right. category, I think, that we're running into. Yeah, that's just one of those things. And we should also mention, because it's one of the funniest parts in the scene, um, Leslie Uggams yeah. plays Blind Al again. Right. And one of the scenes when they're back at her place, of course, after he gets ripped in half by the Juggernaut, which we should also discuss briefly, okay. um, which is one of the more hilarious scenes in the first, and then they revisited it, but took it up a notch oh, yeah. in this one too. And then Juggernaut. We know we when we did this review, we discussed the Juggernaut character. Because we finally got a pretty cool representation of the character. Even it was even if it was a greatly powered down version, it was it was just well done. The the visual part of it was great, having Ryan Reynolds actually do <laughs> the juggernaut part as well, rather amusing. Um, would he have been taken down by an electrical wire in a pool? No. <laughs> but the real juggernaut, no. The real juggernaut. But uh, it it's fine because it was just so good. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah, and you have to wonder: uh, Will he make an appearance later on? Will he have his actual power later on? Because if he does, oh, look at him. Uh, if they bring that character into the MCU, they would need to increase the power level some to have a big, a credible threat. Um, but I doubt they'd ever take it to the actual level that 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 character often exists at Hulk's the same way. Oh, and of course, uh, kudos to Julian Dennison. Uh, just, uh, anytime you get a child actor that can, uh, do, uh, actually really pulled off well. Cause a lot of the focus is on him through a good chunk of the film mm-hmm. and he carries it and does just a great job. Uh, Fire fist. That's, <laughs> that's funny in and of itself. That's, <laughs> It's like okay, here we're you're going to be in a major role, but you're going to kind of get made fun of for the entire film. Are you okay with this? <laughs> Is it with Ryan Reynolds? Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, yep. okay. Can we sign on the dotted line? Uh, so now we've gone through all the chaff. Well, not chaff. All the non MCU uh, films from 2018. The last three that we have to discuss are all MCU films. Um, we could do them in chronological order of when they were released or in storyline. Um, I figured I would put them in kind of the range of what a lot of people think of in quality. That's fair. Um, so we'll start with uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I really enjoyed. 
mm-hmm. a great sequel to the first film. Uh, basically, everybody came back. Uh, Peyton Reed directing. So, I mean, he did great with the first one. Uh, I mean, yes, we would have liked to have seen Edgar Wright do the Ant-Man film originally and then seen the direction that it would have gone, but what we got was still great. And I think that they had him continue to do it because he fit the vision that Marvel wanted to project where Edgar Wright, although he would have probably made a superior film, Hmm. might not have fit correctly in the path of the MCU how they wanted it to go. But it's done well enough that obviously they did this, they did the sequel and he's just finishing up the third one as well. So he gets, he gets the, you know, the, the triple play on, on the movie. So good for him. Yeah. If you would have told me that the director that did bring it on and yes, man would also get to do Ant-Man. I would have laughed at you immediately. Uh, But yeah. And the fact that the, ant-man character itself is you know a classic i guess what i would consider a classic avengers character and the also the fact that they didn't do it as henry pym they did it as scott lang throws a curveball into it although henry pym was in the films that's correct they it's a nice way to it's a nice way to pay homage to where the character came from and the original character and avoid any kind of like what we do uh avoid any potential controversy for having that character be the the one that you would focus on mm-hmm. by it being a secondary character with Pim uh yeah, that was smart <clears throat> and you know you bring in some of the other characters that were that made the first one fun right made the first character made the first movie fun funny to be around um, you also bring in a few more characters yeah. and you have this whole sprawling world with fun people, uh, a more lighthearted and you, you get a little introduction of another Avenger because we saw it at the first one, right? We're like, Ooh, wasp, um, another classic Avengers character. And it's good to see that they made an appearance and then made her a focal point And then, are going to bring her forward for other ones as well. Yeah, her um, the original um, the original uh, Wasp character in the comics was incredibly interesting. Is incredibly interesting. One of my favorites. Uh, uh, the the bringing her in as Hope Van Dyne just just made sense. This whole cast is very very well done i mean who doesn't like paul rudd i've never met somebody that says yeah paul rudd don't care for him <laughs> people's sexiest man just doesn't doesn't happen michael pena i have huge respect for that that dude just has such chops when it comes to acting he you know, i mean a lot of people because of this role think of him as the the funny actor but he can he can bring it on on all of it. I've seen him do some great stuff all around. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Bobby Cannavale, uh, just great. I, mean, I he doesn't have a lot of screen time, but just it's just kind of he just makes makes it feel comfortable. I don't know if that's the right wording for it, but it's just 
yeah, comfortable, very likable. Now, I first kind of got acquainted with him in the Boardwalk Empire series. And he was a character that you absolutely hated. <laughs> you hated that character. And he's obviously the complete opposite in this. Where right. He's extremely likable. And uh, I know this guy is one of your favorites. David Dust Machine. Yeah, he is another guy that just is all over the place awesome. Uh, and Randall Park, you would never have thought that they would just kind of introduce him in this and have him be more integral to the MCU in multiple different ways because he shows up in uh, in uh, Wanda and the Vision. Correct, and I think he's going to have more in the future as well because his character brings that, and, and he, the way he portrays the character, I think he... Everybody really, in a sense, in this movie, you could say he was, he wasn't the bad guy, but he was the bad guy to the Scott Lang, Lang character in, in, in a certain sense. Antagonist. Antagonist, yes. But he's so fun, yeah. right? That you can't not like him. You can't not like him. So to have him be in other things just made sense. Yeah, he's great. And of course, I love Michael Douglas and Lawrence Fishburne. I mean, just k- killing the casting game. Uh, and and it's a fun story. I mean, it's it's got a lot of great uh, action beats to it. The the effects are solid. Um, the ghost character could have maybe used a little more development. Yeah, and because that's that's a deep cut right there. That's not a top tier villain. That's not even a mid tier villain. That's that's like guest starring in to get you know slapped around for a minute while they're on the way to the real villain kind yeah. of villain that character i feel like was probably the weakest of the yeah. bunch and the the actress that played that character i didn't think was that great either but. i i couldn't give a, a fair assessment because this didn't didn't give her much to do no so it's yeah we're talking about weak spots that's unfortunate yeah but a uh, question for you why is Lawrence Fishburne not in the new Matrix movie? Uh, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, I, 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 have, I have heard the reasonings. Uh, that is a long conversation that makes me sad in a couple of different ways. Oh. But um, anyway, <laughs> back to the happy. Didn't know it was a sad story. No, it's not a sad story. It's just I tell the story and I become sad. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> um, but... Let's uh, go from uh, uh, talking about something that would potentially make me sad to something that I know will slightly make me sad after we talk I'll about it. <laughs> one sad story to another one. Wee! But uh, 2018 was the release of Black Panther as well. Um, everybody knows this film, and it was phenomenal. Uh, the only reason we're not ending with this is it's just hard to determine which is better between this and the other film because they're both st- stunningly good um billion dollar movie right here yeah and uh again just phenomenal casting the difference being is not only phenomenal casting but some of the most solid storytelling and writing to go along with it and it's just rich visuals and man i think one of the things that we saw in this one was the color saturation the sound 
both the sound effects, the music that you got out of it, the characters, um, the the villain. Uh, although we talked about this too, man, we wanted more from Claw. Now we don't know yeah. that. Is he really gone? We're gonna probably. assume. We're gonna assume probably, but mm, if anything, that's a uh, that that bugs you in this movie. That's one of the things that kind of bugged me. It's like, man, they did him dirty. You know? Yeah, they looked like they were developing him to go towards sort of being what he was in the comics, but not exactly. And then, then it's like, yeah, we don't really know how to do that. Let's go ahead and just kill him off because. We're not going to make him into a guy made of sound. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. But. Uh, and then, like I said, the the key to this was some good bad guys. Yep. And then, of course, typical to the MCU, they killed them both off, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we did see a little revisiting of the character in the more recent What If right. sequence. So, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Uh, the director, uh, Ryan Coogler, uh, done a handful of things. Creed was great. I really enjoyed Creed. Um, and it's currently in the process of finishing up, hopefully, uh, <laughs> without too much trouble, the, the Black Panther sequel. I think Peter Luongo, did she get hurt? Yes. So, they had to delay it. They had to pause for a little bit. Now, between her injury and, or um, uh, between uh, the injury, I should say, and Letitia Wright's less than popular vocalized opinions, I'm kind of curious if this is going to affect what we're going to get in that sequel. Well, the director's good. Yes. So he knows what to do. Uh, you already brought out some of the big guns in terms of the bad guys. So what are we going to see in the second one in terms of the bad guys? I'm sure there's a lot more, right? Uh, yeah. But when you have Claw, which I thought was the classic, is he would one of? Of uh, Black Panther's yeah. uh, enemies? No. <laughs> He's, he's an Avengers villain. Okay. <laughs> so, um, and it's not like he hasn't fought Black Panther, but at least traditionally speaking, um, Claw was a member at one time of the Masters of Evil and a variety of organizations. He got beat by War Machine. Uh, <laughs> he's not, again, not exactly Rody. a top tier, top tier villain. That, that was such a great, it just it wasn't even a battle. It's, he just kind of outsmarted him <laughs> and talking about being done dirty. The character got done dirty in that one, but I won't go into that. Um, but I mean, it's 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 hard to say. I would be s super pumped if they went with bringing in Atlantis. If they bring in Namor, that's because that's. At least more recently, the antagonism between Wakanda and the Atlanteans has been one of the higher profile and more um, represented fights of Black Panther and the Kingdom. Mm. Well, we've already seen some Atlanteans in our discussion today. 
Right. So maybe this will be an even better representation of them if that's the direction they decide to go. Which would be really funny because generally the DC Atlanteans are so much better <laughs> than the Marvel ones. Well, <laughs> Namor does have like, doesn't he have little wings on his ankles? Yes. It's uh, his, his costume is wings on his ankles and a Speedo made of chainmail. Nice. <laughs> it's, it's one of the dumbest looking outfits. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, so awesome cast, awesome storyline, great beats. I mean, again, if you haven't seen this film, man, what's wrong with you? You, you definitely need to watch this. Uh, and if you've already seen it, I'm sure you're going to watch it again just cause it's that good. Yep. Definitely worth, uh, a few views. Yeah. Well, let's finish up strong. We have one more film from 2018 and that would be Avengers infinity war. Um, the first part of the culmination of so many MCU films that were building and building and building to this. Again, we've, we've reviewed all of these films that we've talked about, except for the one that we haven't watched, <laughs> but, uh, yes, I think this one got one of my most favorable of scores on the list. Um, but you're right in terms of the culmination or, the convergence of storylines or characters here, characters there, characters everywhere. You know, people like that stuff. And to see it come to, I don't know, a, a build where everybody's there and they're fighting and then everybody dies. Cool. I mean, you know everybody. I mean, when you leave that, if you're in the crowd and like, oh my gosh, what, what just happened? You know? Well, one, you had no concept of what was going to happen, apparently. Yeah. And two, if you really thought that they were gone. Um, you must be new to movies. You must be new to movies. <laughs> but the thing that this did set up in so many ways was all these crazy storylines for future projects beyond this particular movie. So it brought everything together and it tore everything apart. So it was great. Well, and, and the thing that really strikes me is for anybody that has read the comics, they knew what was coming. They, they basically, I mean, they were going to change some things, but ultimately they knew what was coming. Um, so for the fans to have that, and even the people that just would watch it and just kind of kind of get the gist of where it was going, still have it make an impact on you. At the end of the film. That's good writing. Yes. You you thought there was success, success, failure, success, success, like failure. You, you saw it kind of building, stacking upon some of these. You saw some failures in there. But then it just kind of all tumbled, right? And all the different people, like you, there, you got those sequences in here where it felt like, all was lost and then you got the redemption because you you saw thor come out of nowhere and just start laying waste and you're just like yeah you know it it definitely had one of those sequences well even before that when uh, captain america appears in the shadows and he catches the spear and he walks out from beyond the shadows you're just like yeah you know like there, there's a lot of those just cool feel good, exciting moments that uh, obviously 
you had an investment in from 10 years worth of watching all the different films and projects in here. And you're right in the, in the sense, good writing, good, good, um, presentation. And a lot of that on this one falls onto the directors. Definitely. And they've done other projects that were great as well. So like, Hey, they did good. Let's give them more money and have them do more things. I'm down with that. Yeah, they they did fantastic with this. Uh, I really, it it. I'm not a person that really has shot in Freud at any given time. I don't enjoy when other people are in pain or uh, <clears throat> having a moment where they're having trouble dealing with something. But I had just a smidgen of it at the end of the film because. I'm waiting because I know exactly what's going to happen and I want to see how the crowd's going to react when I'm in there. And the theater is quiet at the end of the film. It's like, God, they got it. They got it exactly right. <laughs> Somber. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, but uh, yeah, and of course, all the cast of all the films uh, coming back for this. And um I think one of the biggest accomplishments that we found throughout the course of these 10 years of movies is everybody who appeared for the most part reappeared, right? Right. So they kept everybody. We saw a change from Iron Man one to Iron Man two. And what else did we see that that changed Hulk to Avengers? Yeah, but that was universal Hulk. Doesn't matter. Still MCU. I suppose that's true because I did carry over a couple characters from that too. So subtle changes like that that were actually way back at the beginning. And everybody was pretty consistent. I don't think there was anybody else, was there? No, no other big changes that I I can think of. Uh, It was nice to see Peter Dinklage uh, in this. That was, I always like seeing him in anything. We thought originally when we saw him on the cast that he was going to be the pip the troll pip was the troll. i was hoping it was going to be and did not turn out to be i wonder who they will cast in that part who i can't tell you because <laughs> you haven't seen the film yet <laughs> oh maybe i'll see it in january uh yeah uh but uh yeah, this this the whole cast. There's a lot of great moments. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not even going to try and go into it. I mean, we've talked about all the actors and all the movies, and they're all here. Um, but uh, it's a long movie, and it's it's uh, kind of like watching a Lord of the Rings film in a lot of ways. But uh, it's it's well worth it, and I rewatch it every so often. It was. Uh, challenging to count all the kills in. <laughs> well and in terms of rewatchability obviously this one's way up there uh, we mentioned in some of the other ones the post credit scenes but this one has an important post credit scene in it as well which okay. establishes the presence of another major character and it the way that they pulled those little one minute things at the end of the movies that actually have impact and it makes everybody want to stick around through the credits for five minutes to see of, I think is an accomplishment on its own. You know, I, 
sometimes there's payoff. Sometimes there's just little funny things and like, okay, cool. I didn't need to stay to watch that. But <laughs> when it gives you hints on things to come, I think that's a, just, a, it. to me, it doesn't get old. No, no, it never gets old to me either. And, and from my point of view, it's kind of helped me to appreciate um, what goes into the making of the film. I get to see a lot of the other names of people that have contributed. Now, don't get me wrong, it drags once you start to get to the special effects side of things because there are so many people involved in that. But it's still really nice to see uh, the different units that are involved and, uh, and to just have everybody get their chance to say, hey, I was part of this awesome thing that was created and in terms of the production for these so we it did was it it was black panther billion dollar movie right Mm -hmm. and then infinity war billion dollar movie and then ant-man and the wasp right not a billion dollar movie no but but there were subsequent billion dollar movies after that it's like they had a really good run of making some money and being successful and telling good stories. Um, but this one, maybe I'm weird. Maybe, I mean, you said rewatch, rewatchability. It's just so great to kind of sit and watch a couple of the sequences or the scenes. And it doesn't get old. No. Um, you do it with some of the other ones too. But I don't know. This is... When you got that excitement from watching the first Avengers movie, right? Because that was a culmination of a couple of movies. Well, shoot. You know, this was a culmination of 10 years worth of movies. So it had to pay off. It had to be big. It had to be bold. It had to give people what they wanted. And success. Definitely so. But uh, did we miss anything, dear listeners? Was there a film that snuck past us that is based upon a comic book property of some kind let us know we always pay attention to our social media which we have described to you earlier uh let us know what you thought about these films uh we always love to hear any feedback that we get and uh we will on occasion uh be posting things on some of our less (laughs) less common ones like instagram and and facebook but uh primarily you can of course find us on on uh, twitter the easiest but keep watching films we only have a couple more uh years to go through until we finish the uh comic based films and then we're going to come up with another interesting trek through history to talk about and i'm, I'm really looking forward to it